Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yeah, welcome in pro wrestling fans here on a Saturday. It's a podcast edition of Busted Open Radio. Happy Halloween. I'm your weekend host, Brian McKinnell, joined as always by the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And Mark, it's Halloween and we got a very special episode for our listeners out there. Man, special episode scary episode <laughs> things that i didn't even think i would be able to sit through and listening to your brother changed me a little bit inside. yeah yeah well he's not lying yeah you heard it right there my brother chris mckinnell uh we, we operate in different worlds he's my older brother but uh, from one side of the family he's my half brother his grandparents yeah, they're Ed and Lorraine Warren. That's right, of the famed Conjuring Annabelle universe. He is my brother, Chris McKinnell, one of the leading foremost experts in paranormal research. He is the director of the Warren Legacy Foundation. And yeah, he stops by the show on this episode and you get to hear it. But Mark, this is a pro wrestling show. Yeah, we talk a little demons and possession and exorcism, but we also get into world uh, our, our scariest wrestlers, our scariest entrances, and some uh, scary moments in WWE history. And that was pretty fun and none more scary than roman reigns none more scary than the fiend and many many more and how about from a historical standpoint we got one of the scariest men to ever step foot in the squared circle as a part of this episode the boogeyman marty wright stopping by mark and uh yeah it's a scary conversation but it's also hilarious conversation because we get old strip club stories from you and old Martin, the boogie band. And uh, well, that that is in of, in, of, in of itself, easy for me to say, is worth its weight in gold. Uh, I think listeners should just check out this episode just for that. Just for the Morty Wright story, boogie yeah. bands. Yeah. That, that's, that's, it was, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth yeah. it, guys. Yeah, I, 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 not that we need to go with the hard sell here, Mark Henry. I, I think it speaks for itself. So we're just gonna let the, the listeners sit back, relax, Click play on that browser, and hey, we still got a few hours until Halloween properly kicks up, kicks off. So let's let these fans enjoy some pro wrestling talk. What do you say? Let's do it. Bust it open on a Saturday. Let's get it going. Listeners, I should preface this. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark kind of walked into well, he walked into a show. I mean, it's his show, but we kind of made this show thinking, well, it's it's Halloween. Everyone's gonna want to celebrate the scary. Everyone's gonna want to you know, tell spooky stories and talk about ghosts and the paranormal and boogeymen and whatnot. And then I forgot that Mark Henry legitimately doesn't like scary stuff. Yet last night, Mark Henry, you were out scaring the shit out of little kids with a chainsaw and a creepy wig. It's hypocritical. Yeah. And and also I punished myself. I punished myself for the kids. Last night I fought Satan himself. I fought Satan till about four o'clock in the morning. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning sweating like I ran a marathon, breathing like my heart was about to bust out of my chest. But I'm here, guys. Satan 
was defeated. Now, now, wait a minute. I you, gave you, his you, ass you the world's strongest slam on a <laughs> pile of hot lava rocks. And it was just, you know, it's one of my greatest wins. I'm going to put it right up there with Taker and, and wrestling Taker. I'm going to put it right up there with beating Randy Orton for the world heavyweight title. I'm for beating Kane and Big Show for the world heavyweight titles. Like, uh, momentous. You used the word momentous. Mm. Momentous win last night against Satan himself. Get yeah, nightmares. You know, I think I think I figured out why scary <sighs> things and like ghosts and the paranormal freak you out because you are. And we were talking about this before the show. I mean, you're a great guy. Yeah, you know, WWE Hall of Famer, ambassador for the sport, Olympian. Uh, so much that you've done for for children and, and goodwill, right? Um, but you are a terrifying human being. Like you're the world's strongest man. Like I, you can literally rip people's limbs off of their body. And I mean, you could pretty much handle every situation. But Mark Henry, you can't handle ghosts. You can't handle the paranormal. Right. They go, they go yeah. through you. Yeah. And they can't beat them with, can't beat them with, yeah, can't beat them with physical strength. No, you can't. And, and the, the biggest damage is what they do to you and your subconscious. Mm. And like when you're idle and, you know, it might not even have something to do with the current moment, but you hear something. You, the hell was that? It's like, they get in your head and make you think stuff. And you know, I'm a grown ass man. So, you know, something in the closet, I'm not thinking about nothing in the closet, but if you open the closet and you see some, the figure that I showed you last night of me scaring yeah. kids, yeah, like that should have, it, you, it might not hurt you, but it'll make you hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to run slap dab into a, a brick wall and knock myself <laughs> unconscious because what I thought might have been something, but it really was some sheets hung up with a, uh, a, somebody, the grandma's old wig hanging off the top of the, your mind is playing tricks on you. That's, that's what I don't like. Well, um, you kind of said it. You don't like scary things. Obviously, this is a Halloween edition of Busted Open. We have plenty to get to, including a full recap of SmackDown. We got fun stuff lined up for you the next three hours. Scariest wrestler, scariest entrances, scariest oh, yeah. moments. Basically, Mark, we booked, Guns and I, we booked this whole show around Halloween without really, like, I don't know, conversing with you. You know, Mark will be fine. Didn't even think about how much you are actually. You did that shit on purpose. Well, don't be well, acting like you are. I Oh, I didn't even know. Well, I mean, listen, you, you're busy, you man. Like we don't want to inundate. We don't want to inundate you. We don't want to inundate you with problems. That? Yeah, I can't do that. No, sir, that's illegal. I didn't know. I didn't know. I couldn't do that. But <laughs> no, <Dave>. Chip. <laughs> but Dave, I did know. <laughs> oh, that's God. awesome. So. We booked the boogeyman. Boogeyman is coming up in hour three. Uh, one of the scariest WWE superstars of all time. And then of in hour time. two, in hour two, when we were talking about ghosts and Halloween, I mean, this didn't come to fruition until like Thursday. But as we were talking about it, and I was talking with guns and we were talking with Gabby in a group text. And we were talking about how Dave and uh, Tommy had a paranormal expert on on Wednesday. I was like, well, we got to do something for, for Saturday. And then I thought, wait a minute. I've kind of got family. I got skin in the game with the paranormal Mark Henry. And I think I talked about this once before on the show. I never really talk about it on social media. It's not really a part of my life, but it is definitely a part of my history. My brother is one of the foremost experts in paranormal research in the country. He is the grandson of Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
So, Mark, when you talk about The Conjuring, when you talk about Annabelle, um, my brother, now same dad, different mom. So that it was the different mom side of the family. Um, yeah, he grew up and was next in line for Ed and Lorraine Warren. He's going to come on the show. He's in Scotland right now handling some paranormal cases. He's the director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research. So, Mark, uh, he's also, which I think you'll enjoy, uh, an ordained uh, minister who can perform exorcisms. My brother has performed exorcisms on top wow. of being with the Warrens. So that should properly scare the shit out of you. Well, I mean, I could just say right now that, you know, it's safe to say we'll never meet. <laughs> His ass could be standing next to Jesus. <laughs> and they're going to be like, hey, man, uh, Jesus over there. Oh, but you know that paranormal dude that lived in the Annabelle house growing up is standing next to, oh, man, I sure wanted to meet Jesus. Hmm. All right, well, I guess I'll go get some barbecue. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Speaking of barbecue, oh, speaking of barbecue, did Dave LaGreca call me neckbeard? I just want to I just want to yes. get this. Did he call me neckbeard yesterday? Yes, he did. Okay, I, I just want to say, is there only- The world's strongest man uh-huh. versus neckbeard. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, some, I, I think it was, uh, was it Rodney Garza that, that posted a picture he of did. you as, yeah. as a vampire? But I think yeah. he referred to you as neckbeard. Yeah. So uh, you, you brought up barbecue. There's only three things I care about in this world. Mark Henry, professional wrestling, barbecue and my facial hair. That's it. That's all <laughs> That's I care it. about. And, so, and this beard, Mark, now you got a great beard. I'm not trying to have like a beard off here on Saturday, but I have a beautiful freaking beard far yeah. from a yeah. neck beard. Dave. LaGreca. Yeah, it's trimmed we, up. Yeah, it's it is trimmed up. up. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, man. And Tell I just wanted to say, David, Dave and I have a good relationship. I, I, I love and respect Dave LaGreca. But if he keeps coming at my beard and he keeps calling me neckbeard and this catches on, Garza, I appreciate the work you do. I'm just saying I'm a very sensitive fellow and I, and I cherish this facial hair. Can we, I'm just saying, I guess, you know, it's a Saturday. We're all feeling festive. Can we leave, can we leave the facial hair out of it? Yeah, Dave, leave the facial I hair think you might want to leave Ryan alone Thanks, before Mark. he puts you in the headlight. Now, y'all, you remember, Dave, y'all not in the same weight class. Mm. Ryan could pick your ass up and barrel toss you across the room. I, at, the very least, at the very at, least, Mark, at the very least, Mark, I could least, pull the old. Dave. I mean, at the, I could, I could pull the old schoolyard. You know, lay, lay, uh, lay Dave down under the slide and just sit on him. You know, fat oh dudes just gosh. sit on people. People don't. People don't. People underestimate how many times in your life, Mark the Henry, damage that yes. could be done to you just by sitting, screwing on you. around with the fat kid. Yep. Thank you. Put your ass on the merry-go-round. And spin it till you throw up. That's what I used to do. I would get those kids. Hey, I, I, li- I like you. Hey, I'll spin it for you. Y'all get on. You, you, and you. Oh, the rest of y'all. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get on. But y'all, y'all get on. And I would spin their ass today. Okay, let me out. No, you little bastard. Yeah, you only do that, huh? <laughs> I got some of that and dirt. And then no, really. Okay. That was that brought me a lot of joy. Just <laughs> I feel like the listeners were riding with you. I feel like they could put themselves in that position, oh. like they were there on the schoolyard that day, whatever oh, yeah. day that may have been. Were you nauseous? And if and if that happened to you, that was because you're an asshole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Probably making some, probably probably <laughs> making fun of some eight year old's facial hair, yeah. calling him neckbeard. 
Well, I don't know mm-hmm. how that ends up, but you get the well. point. I digress. Anyway, let's keep things civil. It's Halloween. Going to be a little scary. We got paranormal researchers coming up. We got the boogeyman coming up in hour three. We got Ooh. weekly winter coming up. We got plenty to get to. Mark, I'm going to throw it out. We're going to start the conversation. We're going to come back. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about SmackDown. Before we do, though, I want to get things started on this Halloween. This is actually October 31st. I know we've had celebrations throughout the week, as you should. There should be a whole week celebration of uh, Halloween. It's that type of holiday. It deserves it. But before we do, let's start the conversation. We're going to throw it out to the listeners, Mark, because I want to get their thoughts. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Scariest WWE superstars of all time, Mark Henry. Ooh. I want to get your thoughts. Uh, I, I think, you know, what I like about this is I feel like generationally we're a little bit different. So someone who was scary to you growing up probably won't resonate with me as much as like, for me, like one of the scariest people like ever, ever in pro wrestling history is one of your best friends, the Godfather slash Papa Shango. That yeah. dude scared the absolute ever loving shit, shit out, out of me man. as a child yeah. because of the voodoo, the realism, the man too. And the boogeyman too. I'm just saying, but for me, Papa I, Shango, I have a I have a story. Okay. About the boogeyman. Or two. <laughs> that one is gonna scare you and one may just have people think differently about me. All right. So I'm eagerly anticipating that because we actually got I got a little preview of this before the show started. So I'm I'm going to be talking to Boogeyman. Well, we'll be talking to Boogeyman in uh, hour three. And yeah, Mark, Boogeyman was scary to me, but also Boogeyman like came along at a point where I was a little bit older. So I was already watching like horror movies and like being scared. So it, it, it was different. You get what I'm saying? Like with Papa Shango, yeah. I was like nine, 10 years old. That dude was terrifying. I didn't know about the business. Like to me with Ultimate Warrior and that stuff with Shango, like that was real to me. Right. Like it was as real as it gets, as the tagline likes to say. So what about you? Uh, Shango always stood out to me uh, because of the voodoo stuff. You know what else stood out to me? Uh, Doink the Clown. Remember when Doink originally yeah. came on? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of people that are afraid of clowns. And yeah, uh, I, I think that um, Doink was kind of fun, though. So he didn't really scare me back then. You but know, when he who scared me was who? the missing link. The missing link used to scare me as a little kid because that patch of hair on his head and he used to make all those crazy ass sounds and walk just man, I, I just like, man, like he that's a scary like what's wrong with it, mama? And she baby, I don't I don't know. Like he 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 looked like he lost it. Like I that's the kind of stuff that I was fearful of oh. as a kid. You also, you came from an era where two of the scariest people, I mean, inside of the ring and kind of outside of the ring, by all accounts, great human beings, but the the reputation that they had and the stories surrounding them, I didn't get to grow up in that era, but watching it now, like watching Bruiser Brody, Bruiser Brody. Sw- watching Brody swing that chain in the crowd and watching Abdullah the Butcher gouge himself and do some of the shit they did mm-hmm. in their prime, uh, yeah. those guys, I would imagine they had to scare you growing up as just a, you know, a little guy. 100%. 100%. Like, and... You know, even now, like if you go back, any fan out there, you got homework today, and you go look up Bruiser Brody mm. fights anybody, or you look up Abdullah <laughs> the Butcher fighting anybody, <laughs> at the end of that match, you're going to be like, holy shit, that guy could stand up today. Yeah. Like they transcend uh, their error. And that's, that's one of the ways that I always judge greatness. And I always said that, especially in basketball. 
Like, we're a sports show. Mm-hmm. In basketball, in the 50s, who's the greatest player? Okay. Could he play in the 60s? Could he play in the 70s? Could he play in the 80s, in the 90s? Right. Like, that's the way that I judged it. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course, he could play all the way to now and be in his prime, be an effective top 10, top 15 NBA all-star. Will Chamberlain, too, even with the lack Will of the Chamberlain, bigs. You know, yep. like you go, and that's yep. the way, when you go back in wrestling, you have to look at it like that. Yeah. Gorgeous George would translate today because he was the first, in my opinion, real transcendent entertainer. Like, you can put Ric Flair and... Uh, a little bit of Adrian Adonis together, and you got Gorgeous George, a guy that sold out the Coliseum with 50,000 people in it yep. for wrestling in the late 50s. <laughs> That's fucking good enough. <laughs> it's got to be good enough right, to put him in there. And you go to the 60s, and in the 60s, guys tended to go back to the grappling style. And the Luthezes and um, the Pat O'Connors and guys like you, 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 you knew what you were getting. The Danny Hodges, the elite guys in the sixties and seventies, yeah, they would translate, but they would be more like a, a Chris Benoit, a, a Ken Shamrock type of you know guy. And you get to the eighties, who American Dream. Mm-hmm. You get Ric Flair, the Hogan's of the world. The I mean, you go on and on. The eighties was the, the 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 year that made pro wrestling what it is today. Made it a little Hollywood. They made it Hollywood. Hogan yeah. mm-hmm. and Flair added a level of flamboyance to wrestling on a mainstream level. Right. Right. Movies. Print ads, like commercials, and of course, modern cable and television helped do that. Because now you could get pro wrestling from California, and you could get the AWA, you can get the NWA, you can get Smoky Mountain, you can get, and that was the thing, you know. And VHS, the WWF, were sending VHS tapes all over the world. Hey everyone, this is Kirk Morrison. This is Greg McElroy. And this is Nate Burleson. With the 2020 NFL season finally upon us, we're excited to announce three new NFL podcasts from SiriusXM. On Total Coverage, we'll explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. On Inside the Pocket, we will go under the helmet for all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And on 17 Weeks, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron will discuss the latest NFL stories straight from the locker room. New episodes of all three podcasts will be available every week on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. It is a Halloween edition of Busted Open, so I figured I, I'd call in some favors. I'd, uh, I'd 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 scan the old Rolodex, and well, I'd well I'd catch up with well my brother, one of my 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 most beloved family members. I don't know where he's a globetrotter, man. He's all over the world. He's been in Spain recently, Brazil. I think he's in Scotland right now, handling some cases. We welcome in right now, Chris McKinnell. Yeah, I said it. My brother. He is the director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research. Brother Chris McKinnell, um, and also uh, brother. I, for how many people I, I was spending the the first part of the show explaining, you are the grandson 
of Ed and Lorraine Warren, the basis of the entire Conjuring slash Annabella universe. Absolutely. Very happily so. Very proud to be. Yeah. So uh, welcome in. I know Halloween is obviously a big uh, time for you. It's a scary time, but I mean, brother, your, your whole life is kind of scary. You've been, I mean, I know this, the listeners don't know this. Uh, you are Ed and Lorraine's uh, grandson, but you've been involved in the world of paranormal research. I mean, since I've been alive, I'm 37 years old. I don't know a world right without my big brother kind of representing this sort of the uh, world. So yeah, kind of uh, fill our listeners in on, on your background and what you've been doing these last uh, 30 plus years. Actually 40 now. Uh, it's 40 years this past summer. I've been doing this. Wow. So uh, what I do is I help educate the public. I help people with their problems. If they're having paranormal problems or if they believe they're having paranormal problems, they come to uh, the Warren Legacy Foundation. And we first spend a great deal of time trying to diagnose the problem, make sure that what we're dealing with is paranormal and not psychological or trauma related or just uh, leaking pipes or (laughs) crazy raccoons. You know, because that happens an awful lot, you know, but 5% of the time, the calls we get are real and they can be quite deadly. Um, And so we've got a worldwide network of dedicated professionals that will help these families, these individuals with their problems. We don't charge to help them. We don't publicize our cases. We don't share the public, the details of our clients with the public because we treat this more like um, a medical profession. And which well, is, I would imagine. I have a oh, question. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. Um, I, I met a lady um, in Orlando probably about 10 years ago that um, told me that I had my grandfather you followed me and that she could see and talk. And she, she talked to him. And... Mm-hmm. Um, said that, you know, and and this is some really creepy stuff to me, but um, I mean, like he said, he, she said, he he said that he he was your best friend and that y'all lived next door to each other. And I'm thinking my best friend lived next. And, and I realized from the description that she gave of who he was and the hat that he wore um, that it was my grandfather. And um, my son wore those hats and he used to tell us all the time uh, when he was really little um, that he spoke to this little boy named David which used to scare the hell out of me and that he wanted to have a hat like Pawpaws and he I had never said Pawpaw that's what we call my grandfather Wow! Uh, I had never said that to him before and he was like Pawpaw and I was like you know, Papa, <laughs> he's like, yes. And I'm like, damn. All right. Now I got to move. And that was the moment Mark Henry was out of all things paranormal. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mark, I got to tell you, my friend, unfortunately, moving wouldn't do a darn thing. He wasn't haunting a house. He was he was protecting you and your family. He's a guardian spirit. And that is an incredibly ordinary experience. There's nothing terribly creepy about it. Children can see ghosts. It's perfectly normal. Uh, They're far more open to these things up until they're about seven years old. And 
mediums. I work with some of the best in the world. We've got a psychic support group that currently uh, helps over 700 people right now, all around the world, from different uh, religions, different languages, it doesn't matter. And I have seen them talk with people who've passed on. It's perfectly normal. You shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, honestly, Mark, I was afraid of the dark until I was 16 years old. Until I went on my first case, I could not sleep without a light on. I would go insane at, with fear. And I went on my first case, which was one of these over-the-top poltergeist cases where things are flying around, a pop through that there at my head. Two hulking black shapes came down the stairs and just glowered over us. The woman screamed, her face was on fire, and we looked and she had three claw marks appear on her left cheek and blood dripping down onto her chest. And the lights started going on and off. The uh, door locked and we couldn't get out because believe me, I wanted to get out by that point. And I want to leave right now. <laughs> I'm looking. Mark's literally shifting in his chair. Like, he's just like, uh, like, like you got to take a big shit. Like, he's like, I don't, uh, I'm going to leave now. Sorry, brother. Continue. But my point is this. And oh, and, and then after I got out of the, the chair and I got to the front door and it was locked, then the chair followed me across the room. That's funny. It just tumbled on its own halfway across the room. It was a recliner. And, um, I escaped with the, the woman of the house, left my grandfather sitting in there all by himself. And honest to God, from that moment on, I've never been afraid of the paranormal or much of anything else again. If you want to get over your fears, I have two cases in Vegas right now, and I can use a good, strong man to help on them. One of them go. is a, a possible exorcism case. Um, and what do you say? You ready to join smart? Let's no. go, Mark. Let's go. No, let's I'm go. Not. Come on, man. Let's go this, to the next. I want to show you something. Like this is my grandpa grandfather's pipe. Oh, I wow. take it everywhere with me. And he smoked this from the time he was 30 until he uh passed away when I was 21. And I didn't want nothing except for his pipe because I used to love the way the pipe smell. And I've only smoked it about four or five times. Uh, I'm more of a cigar guy, but I, I take this with me all the time. And it just reminds me of all those, like me and him playing and uh, him trying to, and he was a joker. Like he used to try to, he, like if, if he could scare you, he would try to scare you. Like, you know, hiding behind trees and stuff and waiting for people to walk by. Hey, what you doing? There? Like he was he was a he was a funny so, guy. So basically what you did last night, Mark, you were basically on the what I did last yeah. night. So in yeah. honor of honor of Paul Paul, you know, Andrew Young, <laughs> the first like, yeah, I, I did it big. I love but that. I, I paid love the that. price right. last night in my sleep. <laughs> we're here with you know that, that is not unusual. You were giving recognition to your grandfather. Whenever families get together for holidays or if for a wedding or a funeral or anything, any gathering, you're, you're remembering your loved ones and they're drawn to you. It's called the law of attraction It's per, or recognition. It, it works all the time. I actually had a case in Philadelphia with a woman who uh, 
was a wedding minister and she owned her own little chapel. But she was so, her abilities were so out of control that she had to ask her assistant to count the number of people sitting in the seats waiting for the funeral. Because when she'd look out there, she saw all the dead people as well and she couldn't figure out who was alive and who was dead. Whoa. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. All right. So hold on. We're here with Chris McKittle, director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research. Chris is also my brother, uh, half brother, and his grandparents, not my side of the family, but his grandparents are Ed and Lorraine Warren of the famed Conjuring Universe. All right, brother Chris. Um, I, we don't, I, you will attest to this. I'm not really in the paranormal world. I knew Ed and Lorraine, obviously it's our family. I mean, you know, yeah. I obviously knew them, but you were their pro you were their next in line. You were, you know, you, you went on all these cases with them. You lived in the house with the animal bell doll in the museum. I know you have tons. Time of out. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what? Mark? You, you lived in yeah, the yeah. house. That the doll, like the the movie, yeah. Although the real Annabelle is right <laughs> oh, 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 please tell me about this. I, I'm just, I mean, you didn't get hurt or nothing. Like it wasn't like the no. movie for real, was? No, I, I've I've grown up with Annabelle since I was about three years old. Annabelle is a raggedy and doll. The movies are the Annabelle movies are completely false. There's nothing okay. true about them. The true story of Annabelle is told, I believe, in Conjuring 2. It's the story of the nurses who had been given the doll by their one of their mothers. And this was the late 60s. They would sit it at the table with them. And they, you know, they just played up how cute it was. And one day, the doll raised its arms and put them on the table while they were eating dinner. Nope. Back, back then... They, the supernatural was this thing that everybody was excited about in the late 60s. So they got a medium who came in and did a seance, and it said the spirit told them it was the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle who had been killed in a car accident in front of the house, and she was just looking for somebody to love her. Complete and absolute lie. But it was a lie that worked. It created an emotional attachment with this doll for the girls and they bought it uh bracelets and other jewelry they would take it to bed with them and carry it with them around the house just to make sure that it, she wouldn't get lonely then they started finding pieces of parchment with messages in crayon written in the house and they started feeling really creepy when they were alone in the house one afternoon, one of the girl's uh, boyfriends was sleeping on the couch. It was a Sunday afternoon. And he woke up startled and he said, I just dreamed that Annabelle was on top of me, choking me to death. And he got up and he went over to the doll, threw it across the room, and he said, you're just a stupid doll. You couldn't hurt anyone. Well, he shouldn't have said that. Immediately, three claw marks raped across his chest, opening him up. That was when the nurses realized that whatever they were dealing with was not a little girl and they absolutely needed help. They contacted the Roman Catholic Church. The church contacted Ed Lorraine. My grandmother 
as soon as she saw the doll, realized they were dealing with something demonic and it was taken to their house. Hmm. Uh, about a year later, they had not yet realized that they had to segregate this thing and surround it with prayers and holy items so that it couldn't hurt people. And a friend of ours, uh, Father Bill Charbonneau, came to visit. He had a brand new car. It was a, a convertible. And he was excited. He wanted to show it to my grandparents. And afterward, he said, Ed, I hear you've got this doll that attacks people. And my grandfather said, yes, Father, it's downstairs. Would you like to see it? <laughs> and they went down to the basement. And Father Bill walks right up to Annabelle, picks it up, throws it across the room, and says, God is more powerful than the devil. My grandfather looked at him and he said, yes, father, God is more powerful than the devil, but no man is. Mm. That evening, Father Bill was going home in his brand new convertible and a halo of light came out of the sky straight at his car. And he swore before it was about to hit him that he could see Annabelle in the center of the light and he veered off the road and into a ditch. The car was completely totaled and his leg was broken. There are plenty of other stories of Annabelle. Annabelle wow. is definitely not something you mess with, but for the past 40 years, 45 years, Annabelle has not been able to hurt anyone. We have got it locked down and you have nothing to fear. Wow. I think, uh, uh, Mark, I, it, like I'm reacting to this and I'm saying, wow, but it is because I've never heard these stories. Chris, you'll attest to this. I don't, we don't talk about the paranormal no. all that much. Well, I've kind of the just... reason for not talking about it. <laughs> People like well, to go to sleep yeah. at night. Yeah. I guess there's probably some truth to that. And Mark. not wake um, up sweating to where you have to turn your <laughs> pillow over because it was wet. Uh, now, I, let me I, ask... don't, I don't have that problem. I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, Chris, let me ask you this. You said Annabelle, um, you know, a lot of most of it was false. Why not tell the real story? Why do you think that story with the father, with the, the history? Why do you, was it just not as enticing? What do, what do you think the reasoning was? I, you know, I, I don't know why Hollywood does what it does. Yeah. Uh, when you sell the rights to a story, they can do whatever they want with it. And uh, James Wan is a terrific writer, director, producer. The Conjuring one was fairly, fairly accurate. Conjuring 2, he took a lot of liberties with. He okay. combined Amityville, the Amityville horror, which was a very real case, with another case, in, a famous case in England called the Enfield case. There was no actual connection there. There was no nun demon named Balak. That whole thing with the nun is incorrect as well. Never happened. That whole movie is ridiculous. Um, the only part about the nun that's true, there's a character in there called Frenchie. And at the end of the movie, it's revealed that his name is Maurice Thiriald. And I was actually on that case with Maurice. Maurice was a man who came under possession. He was French-Canadian, completely illiterate. He would come under possession and have tremendous strength, like you couldn't imagine. Words would appear in blood etched in his back in French and nobody else in his family spoke French. They'd read it mm -hmm. to him and he'd have to translate it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, I, I was there at his exorcism. As a matter of fact, my grandfather had a heart attack during that exorcism. This is serious stuff. And for anybody who's interested in the paranormal, it's not a hobby. 
It really isn't. And if that's something you angry, always told me. That's Chris. That's something you always told me. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, it's a very serious profession. You're dealing with people's lives and their, and their well-being. These TV shows where they go in, they stir up trouble so they can get stuff on tape and then they leave. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably irresponsible. For me, my only purpose isn't to gather evidence. It's to help the family I serve, period. Wow. Well, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. All I could think of is like, why would people mess with stuff that don't want to be messed with in the first place? You, you just said they're not looking for trouble. It's people. Oh, they're looking and- for trouble. They're, they're looking for trouble. They want the trouble. People will do the craziest things. They will bring haunted items that have been cursed into other hauntings just so they can see what reaction they'll get. People are foolhardy and they are willing to put other people at risk. You know, even when you just go into a abandoned building or you do one of these paranormal tours, if you're one of the wrong people, one of the vulnerable people, you can easily pick something up and bring it home with you. Have an attachment. As wow. Well, have uh, you ever heard of the Bragg light in Texas, Bragg, Texas? No, I can't say that I have, at least not off the top of my head. I've probably forgotten more than I ever knew. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if you Google the uh, uh, Bragg, Texas, there's a, apparently uh, a murder happened uh, where somebody was tied to railroad tracks. Oh, okay. And uh, the the woman haunts that area, and I, I've yeah. I've heard at least from five or six people that I know that you know they go like you say dumbass people that go to places <laughs> like that that are extremely haunted, and they want to find out if it's real or not. I don't have yeah. to know that I have to see it to know that it's real. Because you can't see the air, but your ass can breathe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I don't hey, need to see. My job isn't it. to convince people. My job's to warn people, like seances, Ouija boards, things like that. Any form of spirit communication can be dangerous because all you're doing is opening a door and ringing the dinner bell. And if you're somebody who's in a bad place in your life, you're going to attract something dark. My grandmother used to say, you know, like attracts like. If you put out positive energy, you'll get something positive back. If you put out negative energy, that's what you get. Teenagers using a Ouija board, it's a recipe for disaster because with all their pent-up emotions and things out of control and brand new for them, it's a dangerous time to be trying to do something like that. Uh, Mm, mm, Chris, mm. we're here with uh, Chris McKinnell, the director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research. Uh, I've got a couple producers here. We got Andre and Guns. They're very interested in this. They're fans of the Conjuring universe. They got some questions for you. Andre, uh, shoot, go ahead, my guy. All right, I got two questions here for you, Chris. First one is, is what measures do you take to be spiritually safe as you enter these cases? Uh, and my second Except one Except Jesus. Is- <laughs> and my second question is um if you have like some senses like as growing up and even now like i feel a, like you know i've seen a ghost before and you know hear uh hear different things like voices and whatnot i just want to know how to unlock the senses even more <laughs> okay what uh let me answer that second question first 
Mark's and... gone. Mark's gone. Mark just got up. He's out. Mark just. <laughs> Mark literally walked away. Yeah, he's Mark's gone. gone. He's, he's getting a drink. I think he's making a smoothie or something. Go, go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Poor Mark. Poor Mark. Uh, the the truth. We have a psychic support group, like I mentioned earlier. This is for people who only only people who are empathic or psychic or mediums. Uh, in other words, people who are sensitive. Yeah. And they pick up on other people's energy. They pick up on spirits. They can see auras. Whatever it is, there are many many different gifts, and many of them are as individual as fingerprints. But they do exist. I mean, I have seen the most amazing things. And if you're interested in developing your abilities then come to the warren legacy foundation psychic support group it's on facebook find us there and we'll be happy to help you out Sweet. Uh, as for your first question how do i personally protect myself or how does anyone uh what i i've been lucky as ryan said I've lived all over the world. I've lived on five continents, over a dozen countries. With I've dealt with every major religion in the world. And the paranormal presents itself differently everywhere you go. It manifests based on the culture and the religious beliefs of the area you're in and the beliefs of the family you're dealing with. You won't get a Hindu demon in a, in a Buddhist family. It doesn't happen. That's not Why? the manifestation you Why get. Why is that? Because these things want to affect you personally. Mm. They, you are their, their motor. You, they're feeding off of you. You're the engine. You supply all the power. And when you throw off all that negativity and fear, they feed off of that, manifest more powerfully, and then can do more harm. It, it's a, a revolving circle or cyclone of energy that's all coming from you hmm. wow. uh i have found that it doesn't matter who you pray to as long as you're praying to god god hears you you know i think of god in a, a number of different ways um, but one of them is as this holy man uh on top of a mountain and the only person who isn't getting closer to God is a guy running around the bottom of the mountain telling everybody you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. As long as you're trying to get to the top, as long as you're trying to reach God, God's happy about that. doesn't matter which wow. path you take. Preach. So as long as you go in with faith, as long as you go in using ritual to focus your intentions, that's all ritual does is it focuses the, the prayers and the, the intentions you're putting out to the universe to protect yourself. And we have a number of different ways we do that. You can learn all about it on our, uh, on our page. Uh, I want to ask this before we get you out of here, Chris, and uh, we obviously really appreciate the time. We're here with Chris McKinnell, director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research and the grandson and of Ryan McKinnell's brother. <laughs> that that too, that too. But That's I think we'll I, I, I was to say, I think we'll lead with the grandson of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Listen, Chris, uh, obviously, I mean, 40 years in paranormal research, the, the grandson of Ed and Lorraine Warren, you have seen some crazy cases, some famous cases. What what for you stands out over your 40 year career uh, that still gives you the heebie jeebies? Maybe, maybe famous, maybe not so famous 
this. Um, again, I'm interested because we don't talk about this so often. So uh, sure. what would you what would you say would uh, would stand out after all these 40 years? I've worked on over 10,000 cases. Most of them I don't remember as soon as I'm done with them. Yeah. But the Haunting in Connecticut, that movie, the movie was terrible, by the way. But there was a terrific documentary called A Haunting in Connecticut, which I think you can actually see on YouTube. That was really accurate. That was a devastating case with uh, an incubus. It was attacking this woman sexually and violently. It attacked another woman in the house in a separate apartment. And it attacked her son. It, it eventually attacked me and my other partner. Uh, that was a bad one. Maurice Thiriot, we had a successful uh, exorcism, but my grandfather did have a heart attack, and then because we didn't deal with the underlying uh, vulnerabilities that Maurice had, the, the trauma that made him vulnerable, uh, a few years later, he came under possession again, and he duplicated what his father had done to his mother. He grabbed his gun, he blew the arm off of his wife, dragged her back in the house. She thought she was gonna die just like Maurice's mother. And at the last moment, Maurice seemed to gain control of himself. And instead of killing his wife, he killed himself. Mm, that one has stuck with me. Last year, uh, I was working with a case with a couple in New Jersey. The man was coming under possession constantly. We got the church involved. The church was ready to go. They were sure this was an actual uh, possession, which is very, very rare. But they didn't move fast enough. And he came under possession. He waited for his wife to come home. He said, F it, I'm going to kill him. And he ran upstairs. He had a noose made out of uh, an electrical wire. He put it over his neck and he jumped off the balcony. When the EMT and the two police showed up, his body reanimated, sat up, eyes completely black, looked at the EMT and said, he's ours. You can't have him. Nope. And the body dropped dead again. Nope. Nope. Mm. Nope. You, you, I'm out. You have symbols. You have symbols behind you. Like, uh, look like different religions, the yin and yang, the star David, uh, you know, like, are, are there angelic symbols that you can put in your house to keep evil spirits away? Yes, there are many different symbols that work, but they're all based on your faith. If you don't have faith in it, it will not work. Prayer works, but only if you truly are thinking about the words. If you're just saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom of God, doesn't mean a thing. You have to be hmm. thinking about those words. You have to be focused on what you're saying and doing. You, if, if not, it's meaningless. You know, I'm going to tell you something else. It's all about mind and spirit. And being focused. Okay. I'm going to tell you something it's else really about my, my grandfather. I'm sorry? Yeah. I said, I'm going to tell you something else. The, 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 the man that owned this pipe was a preacher. That's and I, beautiful. I, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, um, that, that protection uh, it's kept on going all these years. And I, I've, man, there's a lot of times where I should have not been here. And mm -hmm. I, I, I actually can see why. Yeah. Mm. Like this is, it's a trip. 
Good stuff. Well, I think I think we can agree. I think now that uh, now that we've done this, we were together. We were doing this show last Halloween, Mark. I don't know why we didn't do this last Halloween, but I feel like we have to do this every Halloween going we're forward. We're growing together. We're growing yeah. together, bro. Chris, uh, brother, this was a great conversation. It's good to see you face to face and and catch up. I know you're out there in Scotland taking care of. Uh, taking care of a lot of things. Um, maybe just tell our listeners, I know you got YouTube. I know you got Facebook. Um, obviously the, the foundation is the Warren legacy foundation for paranormal research. Um, man, anything else you want to say? I mean, obviously thanks for giving us a few minutes, more than a few minutes. Oh, of course, Matt. come on your family. <laughs> and, but if you want to learn more, we've got over 75, I think 75 videos now on the Warren files, YouTube channel. Uh, you can also go to warrenfiles.com to see lots of photos of my grandparents and learn a little bit. We're still working on the website. And then uh, Warren File, what, sorry, Warren Legacy Foundation on Facebook is where you'll find uh, the help you need. If you're in trouble and you need us, just write to us at warrenlegacyfoundation at gmail.com or go on to Facebook and we'll be happy to help you. All right, there you go. Chris McKinnell, director of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research and my big brother. Brother, happy Halloween. Thanks for a few minutes. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Martin Wright, <laughs> a.k.a. the Boogeyman, showing up on Busted Open. What's up, Boogeyman? Happy Halloween. What's going on, guys? Happy, happy, happy Halloween, the greatest day of the year. Right here. Saying? Happy Halloween, big brother Martin Ryan. I was going to say, uh, Boogeyman, I feel like uh, – I mean, you've got to be extra stoked for Halloween. I mean, all of us are excited. We like Halloween. It's a scary time. Yeah. You know, horror movies and all that good stuff. But you're the boogeyman. Like, this is your holiday. This is your day, boogeyman. Man, you know, and I'm so glad that you put it because it's on, on today is my day. Because today, to me, is like Christmas to, to, to Santa yeah. Claus. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I love it, man. I love horror movies. I love scaring the kids scaring the adults, <laughs> just scaring anybody I possibly can on this day, you know. So, yeah, happy Halloween. Boogeyman, uh, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you a photo. And okay. in this photo, it's going to show me from last night that, you know, where, you know how I'm, I'm, not, the, I'm not the guy that likes the scary stuff. <laughs> And and last night, for the sake of the kids, I was a monster in in a drive-in deal for the boys and girls, a, a drive-in horror show for the boys and girls club. Mark Mark was the boogeyman last night. Boogeyman. Mark was the boogeyman. What type? What what type of monster were you dressed up as, Mark? I was a, I was like a axe murderer, chainsaw, chainsaw Charlie type of guy, and I just sent you a photo, so you you have to check your phone. I think you got your phone on 
because I can hear some kind of background noise. But <laughs> I want you to check that picture and see if I li- if I measure up. Okay, well, I'm sure you do, big brother. If anybody know know how to measure up, is you. Yeah, and I mean, he's like Mark Henry, boogeyman. I, Mark Henry's terrifying just as Mark Henry. I mean, he's a gigantic human Mark, being, right? Mark, Put a chainsaw yeah, you know and yeah. But you know what, big brother Ryan, you can't tell him that because when he look in the mirror, you you can't tell him that he ain't nothing but a big old handsome man. You <laughs> can't true. tell him nothing. <laughs> then, you know, it's only true. to myself. Sexual chocolate. Oh, yeah. Always sexual chocolate. Nobody Always else think that. <laughs> yeah, he turns into sexual chocolate. Which is oh God. <laughs> hey, this yes, hey, boogeyman. One thing that I'm realizing now. I've only been working with Mark uh, for a couple of years, but um, one thing I have learned over the last you know few months, couple of years, is that Mark really, really hates scary stuff. Like I thought it was just a rib. Like I thought he was just playing it up. You know, world's strongest man, gigantic dude who can like rip people's arms off their body like he can't actually be scared of anything but it is true he is scared of just about everything especially scary stuff so so boogeyman i'm very curious you've been around mark for a very long time um how did you scare mark did you scare mark did you enjoy scaring mark Uh, i i feel like all you have to do is throw some worms in your mouth but um i also feel like you could you could take liberties well no well you know you know just like just like you said you know, you got the strongest man in the world, so you who would ever think anything would ever scare you, you know? And that was a segment or time when he and I had to have, like, a little feud-type situation going on. And I swear to you, I, from across the, the ring, I spit a, a worm out, and I've never seen a big guy... So get so light on his feet to where he was getting making his way back to the locker room just with that little word. And I was, I mean, I was just amazed. I said, "Man, was he, is he really yet?" Yeah. yeah, man. So nah, I, I, he's I, I, he's not doing the story justice. Okay. <laughs> he's not doing it justice. Oh, so wait a minute, Mark. So you remember, you remember no, the story. I, I remember this man. match. <laughs> okay. We were in, matter of fact, we were in Denver. <laughs> okay. And he, he had Damn. a, he had like this leather bag that had worms in it. Right. Yeah, and when, when he would come to the ring, he would be doing all these gyrations and like this, this boogie dance thing, you know, and you know, I was already like, the shit's scary to me. So I'm standing already as far back in the ring as I could go. My back was against the turnbuckle. Now, hold on. And You're still got- scared. You're still scared, yeah. even though you know Martin. Like, you know yeah. Martin backstage. You know he's not the boogeyman, I know, Mark. I know Marty. I know him, but it's just that the, the, the gimmick is real, man. Like, you know, when I'm out there, like, I was in the moment. That shit was scary. So he reaches into this bag, and he pulls the worms out to go over, to hold him over his head. But when he pulled it out, one of the worms dislodged and came from his hand. And it flew from the middle of the ring all the way to the turnbuckle right into my mouth. As I'm doing this, "Ah, ah," and the the worm goes in my mouth. Now I spit the worm out and I see it and oh, I start vomiting. Wait. I'm vomiting. I mean, like, projectile. Everything that I had in catering, 
Shut up. I'm, I threw all that shit up. I threw up stuff from the day before. Boogeyman. Bo- hold on. Boogeyman. Was he actually puking yes. in the ring? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I jumped. I jumped the barricade. I jumped the barricade. Yes. Ran to the back. He got the matches over. I got counted out. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You want to hear the funny thing? Is that was not the finish. (laughs) (laughs) That was not. I was supposed to. I was supposed to win that match. <laughs> you can hear, you can hear, so you can hear Mark Boogie in the Man, Boogie Man got the win over the Mark Henry stadium, hurling, uh. hurling up a worm. It was funny. It was the it was the best thing ever, man. But no, it Mark wasn't. Made it real easy to be Boogie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Boogie Man is over. I never, I never see anybody get a reaction like that. I, I, all my greatest, and I've worked with a, a lot, a lot of stars. Big big name side. Well, the fact where I've never seen him sell it the way Mark Henry reacted to that worm going down his throat. He, that that night. Man, I don't think he was selling it. I think he was. Hey, you want <laughs> you want to know the 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 scariest boogeyman story of all time? Let's go. We were in Mexico, oh. and they looked all over for earthworms. Like they they yeah. said, man, we got. We finally found some. We found some worms. And with legs. And and they Wait, what? They get the they get these worms and they rinse them off and they put them in, you know, you got to put worms in dirt. So they put these worms in this moist dirt form and uh right before then he takes them out of the dirt, rinses them off puts them in the pouch, and then grabs them, puts them in his mouth, and he's a boogeyman. I love the enjoyment that he still so clearly has over this. I'm at the gorilla position because my match is after yeah. his. Right. And I see him put the worms in his mouth, and he goes to pull the, mat- the worms out, and they won't come out. Because they have suctions on them like leeches. Yeah. Ah! So they stuck to his cheek, they stuck to his tongue, and I'm going ape shit. I'm done. I could I did not wanna go out. I didn't I said, man, cancel my match. I'm done. Like get that shit out of the ring. Like help him. Like he's pulling these worms and they won't come out. And I'm looking going, oh, shit, somebody do something. I'm I'm screaming. Like, we in Mexico. And I'm like, will somebody go help him, please? But you know what? To his credit, to his credit, you know what he did? He nope. chewed their ass up and swallowed them. Oh, my God. All right. And oh finished time, his match. Time, time, and time, he finished time, the match. Time. Boogeyman. I'm not making this shit up. I'm not making it up. Boogeyman, you clearly remember this. What? Yes. What? I mean, at some point, you just decided, like, I'm just going to have to eat these things. Like, you, what does that feel well, yeah, like? Yeah, I mean, like, you're, well, you're, that was my only detention. I didn't want to, like you said, I, I didn't want to. Wanted to break charge, so by that time, either, either I'm gonna, you know what I mean. I'm out there now, you know, and in front of all these people now, and I and I got these worms that that are literally biting me, biting my tongue, and I can't oh. pull them out. And so my only defense was to go ahead and eat them. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So, All right. So, don't don't I, mean, don't, I, I don't want to hear I, you know, I don't want to hear another person. <laughs> I don't want to hear another person yeah, ever in the history of pro wrestling use the F word. Don't ever tell me that professional wrestling is fake. You can go you can take that no. shit and go play in traffic. Boogeyman, oh my god. Uh, I feel like we could do we should have done a whole hour with you because I'm the sure I'm sure the stories are ample. I know you got uh this month you did a uh one hour special for the WWE network where you were doing uh you know you're the scariest wrestlers in WWE history. I want to implore our listeners to go uh and check yes. that out. But 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 as we talk about scary stories and scary wrestlers, um Mark Henry told me to ask you about a city. The city is Detroit and something happened in Detroit. Maybe there was a club involved. I don't really know, but I, I do want to hear this story. So what can you tell me about Mark Henry and the city of Detroit and a story that apparently we're missing here on Busted Open? Well, you know, um, I mean, there are many stories me and my brother, Big Mark, may uh, share because we, we rode together. And Mark is such an interesting character, but, you know, to to the point where – you know, it's like, man, you're just completely amazed and awe of a, of the gentle giant. But you right. don't want to get this gentle giant rubbed the wrong way because there's <laughs> nothing you can do to stop him, okay? Nothing any, anybody in here can do to stop him. So be as nice and polite and cordial as possible, as respectfully so you need to be. But I'm gonna refrain from telling you this particular story uh, that may have happened in, in, in Detroit. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it. <laughs> All right. So apparently he's trying to protect me because he know my wife listened to my wife know the dirt that I did. I've apologized to nauseam. So we we All right, good. Let's go. But, let's go. So let's go. Tell the damn story. It's 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 my birthday. Okay. And I, I, we're in Detroit, and I take Ron, Ron Simmons, Teddy Long, Boogeyman, Chavo Guerrero, um, Hornswoggle, Hurricane. What a crew. Uh, who else was with us? All brothers. Uh, man, it, it, was a couple other, it was a couple other folks with us. But, you know, we, we're having a good time, and we're at an a adult gentleman's club. Hmm. And I see Boogeyman, and Boogeyman is like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm hungry, man. Like you, no. you said, they got you said they got food here." And I said, "Yeah, they got food." So we order a bunch of chicken wings and sliders. Well, I thought you were going to say he ate. I thought you were going to say he ate worms at the strip club. Oh no no no! no, no, no. Okay, thank God. So no, so man, we okay. uh they were, they we, we, order, we order we order all this food. We got a table full of food. Teddy Long and Ron Simmons just killing it. Chavo just lighting into it. And I'm like, come on, man. Hold on a second. And uh, about this time, I see a, a woman walk by, and she's probably six feet, uh, probably 170, 200 pounds. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, to entertain myself, I said, hey, excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. Can, can you, this guy wants to dance point at, at, at Marty, at Boogie. And she comes and she starts giving him a lap dance. And he's like, oh, oh, come on, Mark, man. Come on, why you do that? And and she, in the middle of the dance, she goes, 
Oh, wings! And she reached down and grabs a wing, and she's eating the chicken no. wings. No, no, <laughs> eating the chicken wings, really being lap dance, mostly I'm laughing, you know. And I'm like, are you kidding? I mean, you tell me this is that seriously? And she was, she was a, she was a big woman. Okay. She's a big she man. She looked at me with that chicken wing hanging out of my mouth. Oh my God. Well, as a, as a show, as a show who appreciates food. I was just saying, as a show who appreciates food, and as a man who appreciates food, you know, I, I appreciate the uh, the passion. Yeah, the that's dedication. My, okay, that's my favorite boogeyman story of all time. Oh, man. And, oh, and Ron, man, that's, that's hey, that was the first time that I heard. Damn. <laughs> no, we she didn't just she didn't just grab the, the, the <laughs> Damn. Man, I can't imagine. Oh, I, I can't imagine what three hours would be like with all your old friends, Boogeyman, you with Mark Henry, Ron Simmons. Oh, I can't goodness. imagine the visuals oh, that presented. Hey, Boogeyman, Martin, listen, what we're gonna get you out of here. Before we do, again, I want to implore the the listeners out there to check out your special. You did the the one hour special on scariest wrestlers in uh, WWE history. That's so on much. the WWE yes. network, but you're here right now. So listen, man, I know you've been around this business a long time. You yourself are one of the scariest men to ever step inside the squared circle, but who did it for you, man? Who did it for you growing up as a young pro wrestling fan? Who still scares you to this day? Oh man, way back in the day, man, when it was George, the animal steel, Kamala, you know, yeah. it was just like, you know, uh, it was just a whole bunch of list, a list of characters back in the day, and each and every one that came out that Saturday morning to watch uh, NWA because I grew up in Florida and with Gordon Soley and all those yeah. guys, man. And uh, it was just a great list of just great, great Hall of Famers, man, that influenced me. Every kid that grew up wanted to be a wrestler, and I am just yeah. so thankful to be a part of that panel on WWE with Vince and the whole staff there giving me an opportunity to to make my dream a reality, man. So WWE, man, hats off. Hats off to the whole company on that one. You know, we we didn't mention Kamala, but I remember as a little kid, uh, Kamala, they, they brought the chicken out. And then they, and during the break, they were like, we're going to go to commercial and we'll be right back. And then we came back from commercial and they were through feathers was flying everywhere. And Kamala was over there rubbing his stomach and licking his lips. And they was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. he ate that. And for a little kid, man, I thought that he ate that damn chicken. And I was scared to death. He ate it whole. Didn't eat it as yeah. swiftly and as authoritatively as that dancer in Detroit, though. But you know what, though? But you know what, though? Mark would definitely tell me back in training, he would say, he would tell me, he would say Marty, go and watch certain of these characters. And Kamala and Dorothy Animal Steel were definitely two of the characters that I yep. studied um, and watched. You know, just like with Abdullah the Butcher, when he bit into the glass and he's chewing yep. the glass. And right now, today, I, I just, uh, before the the pandemic started, I had a chance to speak and sit down with Abdullah and um, he was saying, man, Boogie, how did you do it? How did you read the word? He said, I watched and watched and studied your tape and I just can't see how did you do it? You know, and for a veteran such as Abdullah the Butcher, who I grew up watching, you know, and all these people, Ox Baker and all these people, to come and tell me after they've seen my two or three minute appearance you know, it's uh, it's it's very uh, it, it's 
humbling. It's humbling. It's for, very humbling, very humbling. And for yeah. Abdullah to, to come and say, man, how'd you do it? You, boom, just like Mark just said, he ate that whole chicken. As a kid with Mark watching, you know, Kamala, you know, doing this and that and so forth, and he's, he bites the whole chicken off. But there's certainly an art and a craft to what we do in that, in that square circle that people have no idea to, uh, to spend the, the mind and imagination of the audience that's watching. But, yeah, it's, uh, wrestling's real, man. Ain't fake. You can play that shit on. You can play that shit on highway on TV. Marty, <laughs> like thank that. you like so that. much, man, for coming on. Yeah. Uh, I, I really thank you appreciate for having you, me, Mark and Ryan. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Tell the family happy Halloween. Hope you guys stay safe during this pandemic, and we're all gonna get through this. You too, brother yes. Ryan. And uh, I wear your mask. You guys having me on the best day of, of uh, best day of the year. Halloween, baby. Happy Halloween. Thank you, brother. Thank you I got, so much, I got my motto. I got my motto, what's, um, Boogie. What's that? What, what's Wear that? your mask and wash your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I'm going to have to steal that one. I'm going to have to steal that one. Wear your mask and wash your ass, baby. I like that one. <laughs> All right, man. I, I miss you, man. Mark. I miss you too, Mark. <laughs> Much love, man. Right, brother Ryan, man. That was awesome. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you, Boogie Man. Thank you, Boogie Man. And happy Thank Halloween. You, brother Ryan. The, happy the, Halloween, the baby. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.